Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, I'm Janet Morano, the Executive Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our program. And today, I am joined by a wonderful friend of mine, Father Pavones, Brian Kemper. He is the head of our Stand True uh, Youth Outreach here at Priests for Life. Brian, welcome to the program. Thank you, Janet. Always a pleasure, especially being here in the studio with you. That's right. That's right. And of course, you know, Brian, uh, we have our little background here at the Supreme Court because there is any day now, who knows, we could get a decision on what is called the Dobbs case. And of course, the panic all across the nation, like, oh, you can't get an abortion. Um, I just thought we would just discuss a little bit. I think people are forgetting what is the Dobbs case. You know, what was this whole case about? And I like to remind them it's a case out of Mississippi, and it was called the Gestational Age Act. And it was banning uh, abortions after 15 weeks, which like, wow, you know, that's baby's heart starts being in 28 days. So yeah, <laughs> it seems logical to be an abortion then. Um, but you deal a lot with young people, right? And right now, I feel in our country, there's a tension that's out there with these protests that are going on. The pregnancy centers are being attacked. Yes. Pro-life organizations are being, their offices are being uh, ransacked. And one of them was firebombed uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, then we have, of course, it was horrible. Justice Kavanaugh's life was threatened. And then, of course, the protests in front of the justices' homes. What's your take? Like, you hear from the young people. They're, I mean, when, also, too, when you look at most of the people who are doing the bad protesting are not young kids in high school or college. To me, they look like they're 40, 50, 60 years old. What are, the, what are you hearing from our young people about this atmosphere right now? What What's their response? You know, Janet, it's it, even beyond those, you know, I was at the Supreme Court a couple of weeks ago and right. I was physically assaulted three times. Really? Three times. Wow. I got punched in the chest. I got hit in the head. I got hit in the face with an umbrella for standing silently with my pro-life sign in the now, midst. Wait. You're there. Now there was Supreme Court police there and everything else. And they still allowed these people to attack the pro-life people? It happened. The first attack, I was standing in, in there was a, about 300 pro-abortion protesters that completely had surrounded. And I stood in the middle silently with my sign. They came in and the police ended up having to bring their bicycles in to circle myself. And then Reverend Pat Mahoney and uh, A.J. Hurley and other, pro-life other pro-lifers joined in with me and they had to escort us and and literally keep them and at one point that once one of them broke through and and hit mark lee dixon in the back of the head wow. and and right in front of like 30 police officers so they they don't even care that there's police there and it's it it doesn't surprise me because what they're supporting already is an act of violence that's, right. that's why they're there to promote the legalization of violence against innocent children. Unborn children. Right? And yeah. and I had several of my pro-choice friends. I have friends that are pro-choice. We talk a lot and we, we go back and forth who saw that and were like, Brian, I would have defended you. Like, So I they feel move. that that was going too far. Way too far. Yeah. And, and but I unfortunately, think- you know, Brian, the media, when, when I say the media, I'm talking about, you know, NBC, CBS, CNN, 
they're not showing any of this stuff as far as uh, what's really happening. No. Uh, in fact, President Biden never even mentioned the threat on Justice Kavanaugh's life. I mean, this no. is a Supreme Court justice. First of all, picketing at their homes, threatening their families is just horrible. Um, there, there's actually laws in our country that say you can't do that. You can't picket in front of a justice, a federal or Supreme Court justice's home. And yet it's like they're ignoring the law even. They're, oh, they're not doing anything. Absolutely. And, you know, Janet, Father Frank and I were at the Supreme Court for the arguments for Dobbs. V. And Jackson. that was back in December 1st. Yes. Right. And we were standing about 15 feet from the stage where Chuck Schumer was speaking when Chuck Schumer literally made a threat and said, you don't know what's coming. You better watch out, Kavanaugh. You better watch out. Gorsuch. Yes. Gorsuch. Right. And yet that is not, that's not inciting. Right. That certainly is. So it's terrible. And then recently they just passed, a, 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 the Congress was passing a law to protect extra protection for our Supreme Court justices, all of them, whether they vote either way. Right. And I believe it was 27 members voted against that. To protect. But but here's the thing, Brian. That bill passed the Senate. It's over in the House. And Nancy Pelosi is holding it and won't bring it to the floor for a vote. It's crazy. It's a simple bill. It's kind of like reinforcing the law that exists already to kind of say, no, you can't do this. And you know what I saw the other day, Brian? This is this. It's getting worse and worse. Amy Coney Barrett's children... They published these pro board groups. They published the names of the schools and addresses now where her kids go to school and told people show up at school and they put the address of the church that she goes to every Sunday, show up at the church, show up at their schools. Don't let her get away with this. This is like, this is insanity. Yet, it really is. Yet when a 75 year old grandmother just prays a rosary in front of an abortion mill, she's a terrorist. Right, that's what they did. She's a terrorist yeah. for, right. for praying and offering an alternative. Right. See, the abortion mills, they want one thing. They want your money so they can kill your baby. Right. They're not offering alternatives. So when these, these beautiful pro-life people are out there saying, hey, we can give you an alternative. We'll make sure that you have doctor's care. We'll make sure that, that when that baby's born, you're going to have a crib. You're going to have diapers. Right. We'll do whatever we can to make sure it's okay for you to have this child. That's considered terrorism. Unbelievable. Yet someone shows up with a backpack and a gun and a mm -hmm. knife and duct tape at a Supreme Court justice's house. Eh. Well, okay, Brian, you're not just speaking out of your own convictions. But you're also speaking out of experience. Let's just go back a little bit. You have uh, how many children is it now? Seven? Seven children. Seven children. Uh, teenage girls who are now young adults, some of them. But two of your daughters, when they were teenagers, uh, gave you a little bit surprising news. Let's talk about what happened. Because when we say the help is available... And they, everyone accuses us in the pro-life movement, like, well, we don't care about the babies once they're born. Mm -hmm. But you had an unexpected blessing in your own home. So tell us about the first daughter, uh, the first one. Absolutely. Um, and and my my first daughter has given me permission to share this to story. To share the story. I, um, I would never ask you about absolutely. anything that isn't okay. So 
I, I, I'll tell you, it goes, it goes farther back from that, Janet, because when, when I first um, started Rock for Life, uh, we ended up going and working with American Life League, Judy right. Brown. Uh-huh. And Judy Brown had gone through something similar with one of her children. Right. And she taught me the very first words out of a parent's mouth when a teenager says they're pregnant should be, I love you. Right. I love you. And so I, I, and, and you know, just stop there for me, Brian, because that is so important because a lot of the times these kids are afraid to tell their parents. Yes. They'll go off and have that abortion because they're afraid. They don't want to disappoint them. And so you're right. Their facial expression, the first words out of their mouth are going to either be life affirming or, or sending yes. them off to an abortion clinic. Right? And then it even goes back farther, Janet, because you know, my mother was a teenager right. who found herself pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, back in those days, she did try to find an abortion because she was scared to death. So I have all of this going through and I'm talking yeah. all about all this. Never, never did I expect to, to face this until one day. And well, and, and then again, it's not like your kids yeah. didn't hear about abortion. It's not like your kids didn't <laughs> hear about, uh, you know, sexist till marriage. It's not like they didn't hear all that messaging. Like so many of us, uh, our parents, we do teach our kids these things, but the culture is out mm-hmm. there bombarding them, bombarding them. And temptation is there at every, every corner. My daughter had been to Survivor's pro-life camp. She had volunteered in this office. She's hung out with you and Father Frank. She's been on tour. And I I go into the hallway one day, and there she is, balled up on the floor, crying her eyes out. And I'm like, baby, what's wrong? And she looks up, and she says, Daddy, I'm pregnant. Wow. And I, I picked her up. I scooped her up, and I just hugged her and said, I love you. And she... She kind of looked back and she's like, but daddy, aren't you mad at me? Like, did you hear me? I am pregnant, you know? And I'm like, why would I be mad at you? You just told me I'm a grandpa. (laughs) Look, are you really? And and we hugged and we cried. And what people don't understand is because the first thing that a lot of parents think about is the sex act. That's, that's, that's all they're thinking about. Right. When the most important thing they need to think about is there is a, beautiful young woman who's pregnant with a beautiful child that's your grandchild yes right pregnancy itself is not a sin right it's not and so i hugged her and we talked and the the boyfriend had waited outside he was a little scared i'm i'm kind of a scary looking guy to some people you know Uh but i walked outside and i started walking toward towards him and and i remember he got tensed up like uh oh uh oh -oh." i'm i'm in for it now (laughs) and i gave him a big hug and most dads, and in, in my eye, in my deep back, I kind of wanted to punch him, you know, but I just gave him a right, hug. Right. And he's like, what are you doing? I go, you're stuck with me now, dude, <laughs> you know? Right. But it, I even brought my daughter to our local pregnancy help center. Right. I yeah. took her there, and I wanted her to see um, the inside, see what this is. And right. and they knew me. They, <clears throat> I've spoken for them before, and when I walked in, the – she went back for the ultrasound and the director came out and was like, thank you for having the courage to come in here. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, Janet, I have been in front of abortion mills and I have watched as pastors come with their daughters because the pastors tell me if anyone finds out my daughter's pregnant, I'll lose my church. That's crazy. And that to them is more important than right. the life of their <laughs> child. Yeah. 
I don't care if everyone knows. Well, see, that's the reason why uh, a lot of parents immediately uh, think about abortion as a solution for their daughter uh, because they don't want to have that shame. They don't want their own circle of family and friends to know that their daughter got pregnant. Uh, so they see abortion as a like the, a good outcome. You know, like we can uh, take care of this. Well, my daughter, she's like, Dad, are you going to get in trouble at work? I'm like, are you kidding me? They're so excited. You threw a baby shower for my daughter. Yeah. Like uh -huh. they, she literally thought I was going to get in trouble from work. And I'm like, no, they were, congratulations, Brian. What can we do to help? That's what, right. What can we do to help? Yeah, because, you know, Yes. Is the pregnancy unexpected? Of course. And it's like, I like to teach people to use the phrase unexpected blessing. blessing because if every child from the moment of conception is a blessing from God, it's the blessing. The circumstances well, may not be perfect, but you'll get through it. You'll get through it. I mean, you know, I does, you know, Brian deal with the women who've had abortions and deeply regret them and go through healing. But, you know, I always say, Where's the, the baby carriages where the women say, I regret having this baby? You don't see that. And you don't see grandparents saying, oh, the biggest mistake was letting my teenage kid have that baby. I should have never had that kid. Oh, my God. Never. When the I, I know so many people who, like you, were thrown into that situation. And when that baby comes, forget it. Everyone melts. Every, oh, who doesn't love a little baby? It's, Absolutely. A, it's natural. It's well, Planned Parenthood doesn't. Well, of course, they want to <laughs> kill the babies, you know? So, so you had that happen. And, of course, that daughter, <clears throat> you raised the child. How old is she now? Oh, Kim just turned twin. The, the baby? The baby, yeah. Oh, she is three. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah, okay. we, yeah. So, so now fast forward, your next daughter in line. Okay. Daughter number one, she makes her little mistake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she gets pregnant. You are accepting and everything's wonderful, but now what happened to the next one? It, basically the same story. It, it, she wasn't obviously afraid. She already knew how. Well, because she but, knew her sister already. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is I look at like the rest of the siblings. Mm -hmm. They love their little nieces and nephew. They right. absolutely love. Right. They're part of our family. Right. We could not imagine a moment without these children. Yeah. We just, we, we can't imagine it. Right. And, and one of, one of my older daughters, uh, the next daughter loves taking care of her nieces. Like it's just, it's beautiful. And, and we welcome these, these babies into the world. Um, they are gifts from God. There's, there's absolutely no shame in their existence because God created them. That's and, right. and that's, that's the thing we need to, as, as, as Christians and pro-lifers make sure that any woman, any girl, anyone that is pregnant never feels shame for being this vessel, bringing forth the gift of God. That's right. And of course, you know, um, as we talk about a lot about chastity, uh, when these young girls or boys do make that mistake, there is what they call, I, I call it like the second chance chastity. You can mm -hmm. then make a promise to say, okay. I made that mistake. Okay, I shouldn't have. But going forward, I will be chased till I do marry. You know, I mean, you can always Janet, <laughs> hit the, the reset button. The thing is, is you and I hit the reset button all the time. It's called confession. Exactly. <laughs> as soon as we go to and confess our sins to God. Right. It's it. 
it's wiped clean. Yeah. White as mm -hmm. snow, as far as the east is from the west. Right. And so we we know that that God is a God of grace and a God of mercy. The Divine Mercy Sunday is my favorite Sunday oh, in, yeah. in, in the Catholic Church because mm -hmm. it reminds us of the divine mercy of Christ. And unfortunately, sometimes Christians don't know how to show that mercy to other people. Mm -hmm. We we will show it to to the to the homeless man on the street or the drug addict. We have to also show it to, to everyone, whether they're in the church or out of the church. Every single girl needs to know that pregnancy is not a sin. Right. It's not a sin. It's it's a gift from God. Yeah. Okay. So now, Brian, you live in Ohio. Yes. And uh, what's the scene in Ohio regarding the conversation happening about Roe v. Wade, you know, the, the Alito document uh, being uh, leaked? Uh, it looks like any day now we're going to get a decision and it will probably overturn Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton. So what's, 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 the local scene, like where you are, what are people talking about? Well, I happen to live in a very conservative small town. Um, I, I live really close to my congressman, Warren Davidson, solid mm -hmm. pro-life man, a local congresswoman, Jenna Powell, for, for the Ohio Congress. We, we, we have a very conservative town. Um, in fact, Janet, we're, our town is building a new fire department, a big headquarters fire department right down the street from my house. And through the mayor, who's a Christian woman, um, we just announced there is going to be a baby drop box at our local local oh, firehouse. Wow. So, so wait, 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 stop right there. Let's explain. People maybe yeah. don't know what a baby drop box is, right? Yeah. Okay. So in our in the United States, first, this is another reason why you never really need to have an abortion because there are what's called safe haven laws. Yes. In all fifty states, a woman can walk into that hospital, give birth to that baby and walk out and say, I, I can't do this. I can't do this and leave the baby in the hospital and leave. Or if she takes the baby home, maybe she can't function doing it. She can then, <coughs> excuse me, take the baby to a fire station um, and no questions asked, drops nope. the baby off. Pushes a button. Right. And and in the different states, it, it the the number of weeks you have that you can do this without getting into any kind of you know official mm -hmm. uh surrendering the baby it changes state to state but for most of them it's at least a month or two mm -hmm. you have that you could just like you said go to this safe box so explain what the safe box is well i believe it because people always say oh you guys don't care about the baby once they're born yeah it's the biggest <laughs> lie there is of course. i believe it was a catholic priest in buffalo new york who had first developed this this system where the baby could be left and no questions asked. That baby will be immediately cared for, will be taken care of, will have medical uh, right. attention. And what it is is at the fire station, on the outside of the station, there's this box <laughs> like this. And you basically open it. You place the baby in the box. And it's with, not just a, the, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's comfortable. It's, yeah. it's cozy. <laughs> you place it in there, you close it, and you just press a bell. And on the other side, the firemen and whatever, they take the baby right so away. So that's the thing. Fire stations, they're manned 24-7. 24-7, exactly. They're manned 24-7. And then they take the baby and, and it, they bring it to the uh, local yeah. uh, hospital and everything. Yeah. And and they will find a family to adopt that baby. Well, not the firemen, but the, yeah. the social services yeah. and all that. Yeah. But you're not going to get in trouble. You're no, not doing no. it because you're... Well, there's no questions asked. Yeah. They don't even know the identity of the mother. She's allowed to just 
put the baby there and leave. And in fact, you know, uh, Brian, this goes back for centuries. Uh, there are stories of convents. Ooh. The same thing used to happen in a lot of the Catholic churches all over the world, that <clears throat> there would be a convent and they would ring the bell and leave the baby and then go away. And then the nuns would take the, the children in and help to find them home. So this is a what should we say? A long tradition uh, among, yeah. among Catholics and Christians. And that's why that, that, that argument to me is one of the worst arguments. Oh, you don't care about them after they're born. And, and yet, <coughs> yet the pregnancy help centers, the ones that are providing all the care, now are the ones that are being bombed. It'd be, know, it's, like, it's, it's insanity to me, Janet. It really is because, well, first of all, let's talk about the pregnancy centers for a minute because it's not just about diapers or formula. First of all, most of the pregnancy centers, which are about 2,800 of them all over the United States, they're medical centers. Mm -hmm. So you're getting medical care right there at the pregnancy center. So it's a free ultrasound, uh, medical appointments with doctors. Um, if you need a place to stay, they have they refer you then to a maternity home where you can be given a place to stay because if you're going to be kicked out of the house or God knows whatever else, they'll help you find a place to stay. Um, you're not going to get kicked out of school either. Because they will help advocate Absolutely. for you. You can stay in school. And a lot of these pregnancy centers even help these young mothers that they can continue their education after the baby's born. Absolutely. They help them find jobs. They help them uh, get, get even to their doctor appointments. I mean, it's comprehensive. Everything that mother needs uh, is addressed. So they never have to feel that they have to choose the abortion. And even in my town, there's there's you go to the big pregnancy centers that in, in – in our town, we have a little uh, center that teaches classes, right. parenting classes. <coughs> and right. as, as the mothers go through these classes, they earn actual credit towards resources and stuff. That they need. So right. they, they're, they're learning. It's called earn while you learn. <laughs> yes. And they're not. So it's not just like, okay, well, here's some diapers, here's some formula, go away. Right. Let us talk to you about some parenting tips, different right. things that you can do to help. Mm -hmm. And it's really the only resources out there are from the, the Christians, from the pro-lifers. That's right. And people can go to pregnancycenters.org, put your zip code in, you'll see where the nearest pregnancy center is. Well, finally, Brian, I just want to chat for a brief minute here. Um, you wrote a book called Pro-Life is the New Punk Rock, a history of the pro-life youth movement. What does this phrase mean? Pro-life is the new punk rock. Well, Explain Janet, that to I mean, <laughs> I don't even know about what punk rock is. So help help some of us here. What, it, it, what does this mean? It's funny, Janet. If you look at me, I, I might have a tattoo or two or, uh, you know, a couple Too of Too many years. tattoos for me. I know. But I come out <laughs> anyway. of this old punk rock scene. And it was sort of like this anti-establishment. Anti oh, so that's what it is. Anti-establishment. But, but ah, okay. now the establishment is is what like but back then it was oh anti-conservative anti-reagan reagan was a big target of the punk rock movement oh, back really? then oh wow. yeah the, they called him the reagan youth and all of that stuff but now the establishment is so pro-abortion and so that so being punk rock is now anti-establishment in, in, in a way being pro-life is is being punk rock wow. um and it's it's just it's it's a phrase that i thought was 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 suited what we're doing out there right. we're going against the, the 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 mainstream liberal and all of that saying no we are pro-life we're going to protect it and it's not just christians because you know we have good friends teresa pekovniak and different people that aren't that atheists are, they're are atheists and right. and they're they're all of these people coming together that saying listen uh -huh. we know that it's because it's a human life so this book 
would you say it's just for youth or I think oh, for everybody going to like it too. And you have your testimony in the book, right? I start with my testimony uh -huh. and then I go through years of like touring with Lollapalooza, the, <clears throat> the lead singer of Green Day threatening to pee on me for having a pro-life booth. Oh and my goodness. All these different things. And it, it just goes through that history. And I say it's a history because there's, there's more, there's so many different groups out there. There's so many, but right. Rock for Life was the group that I started way back. And that was, that was before the internet, before all of that. We didn't know there was all these other things. And now we see there's so many and we all work together now. Right. So this is just one of the, of the paths to come to the, to the youth pro-life movement of today. That's great. That's great. Well, I hope everyone uh, goes to our online store uh, at prolifeproducts.org. Uh, you can get a copy. Brian, <coughs> excuse me, will, <coughs> excuse me, will autograph it for you. And if you want to know more information about our youth outreach here at Priest for Life, go to standtrue.com. And also, too, in the, in the final moments here, Brian, you have, we have a, a great collection, too, on our online store at prolifeproducts.org, prolife t-shirts, don't we? Absolutely. We have pro-life t-shirts. We have stickers. We even have like water bottles and bags <laughs> and stuff. And we call it swag, our pro-life swag. I love to, to wear pro-life shirts in different places and such. You know, there's so many things You've had to do. some great conversations even wearing them on planes, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I've had, I've, I've had a, a congressman had to sit next to me and hear for two hours uh, the pro-life message. because Well, he, he asked, right? Yeah, he saw your shirt, he asked. he asked the question. I always say that, Brian, when, whenever they ask me that question, I say, you want the long answer or the short answer? Like, you know, because I can talk about this topic, you know? So I think the book is fabulous. Pro-life is the new punk rock, a history of the pro-life movement. Brothers and sisters, get a copy today. I think you'll find it very interesting. Go to prolifeproducts.org. And also, too, with all this controversy right now, stand up for the unborn. Order a pro-life T-shirt also at prolifeproducts.org and, and be bold. Don't be afraid to defend the unborn children and their moms. Because remember, brothers and sisters, there are some abortions only you can stop. And some lives only you will be able to save. Join us again next time. Thank you. And God bless. And thank you, Brian, for joining Thank you so much. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.